Hey, seasoners, welcome back to another episode of the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. My guest today worked for Club Med from 2010 to 2017, and her first season was in Club Med Sandpiper as a dance captain slash choreographer. Before Club Med, she attended the University of Akron and studied dance and communication. She also worked at the Beverly Wilshire Four Seasons Hotel, famously seen in the excellent movie, Pretty Woman, one of my favorite movies of all time, I don't care who knows. Aside from Sandpiper, she worked in the villages of Turks and Caicos, Bali, and Yabuli and Dongao in China, where she met her future husband. Her parents actually knew ex-chief of village Greg Snyder, and that is how she found out about Club Bed. Please help me welcome, from Strong Island, Cara Giacalone. Hey, Cara, how are you? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you doing? Good. I'm so happy I pronounced your name correctly. I've been practicing it all day. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine. I always get asked, is it Kara, Kara, Kara? Yeah. Did, yeah. did you have a, a nickname in Clement or did people, did GMs just mispronounce your first name all day long? I just let them say whatever came out of their mouths at that point. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> At one point you have to give up, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you for joining us here and sharing your story. Yes, thank you for having me. I've listened to your podcast before and when you reached out, I was super excited to be on it. I do lurk on Facebook a lot. So um, thank you for answering because there's a lot of people that don't know about the other inbox in uh, in Facebook Messenger. So there's about a hundred invitations out to people who have no idea they've been invited. So I thank you for for knowing where your other inbox in Facebook Messenger is. <laughs> My uh, pleasure. Okay, so Long Island, Strong Island, Born and raised. I do have some questions about, because since I work for a university here in Montreal, you attended University of Akron and so I dance. So I'm, I'm all day long in a boring, you know, boring classroom, boring lecture. I assume that dance, like, do you just go to a class and then you're in a studio and you're dead and you have to dance? Is this what happens? Yeah. So we have certain classes a day, whether it's ballet, modern, tap jazz, choreography, dance history, when you're actually dancing, it's about an hour and a half long class. So it's literally from the moment you wake up till nighttime and then plus with rehearsals if you're doing a show. And you do all those dances? You don't specialize? No. Well, if you have a specialty, whether it's modern or jazz, it's always required to take ballet because that's the main technique. So all dance majors have to take all courses. Did you have a a favorite when you were attending university, like a favorite style of dance? Uh, Yes. Mine was modern. Modern. Okay. This is the one I never understood then, right? Like the one Sia, Sia's out in her music videos. Is that modern? Uh, yes. Or, or, is, or is that interpretive? I can never. Interpretive. It's pretty much the same thing, but yeah. But no, no. Style. But because of Sia and those videos, I actually, I actually like it now. I, I like, you know, modern dance now just because of, of her music and her videos. But in Club Med, whenever the choreographer tried it, I, <laughs> I think, I think they got mad at me because I was, always didn't understand what I was doing. You know. <laughs> yeah, might have looked a little different. <laughs> okay. All right. So then after, after university, now you try, you go to LA, correct? To try to, was it trying to dance in um, like, I mean, how, how, how does it work? Are you trying to get into uh, stadiums like, or videos like, or sh- I'm, I'm just confused about how, how the whole thing works. Yeah. So being born and raised in New York, I always wanted to stay in New York. And I had a dance teacher in high school who encouraged us to go away for school and you can always come back home. Little did I know at that time, I never ended up going back home until this day in New York. So after college in Ohio, I wanted to change the scenery. And I had a friend that lived in LA. He was in the music industry. I had gone to visit him and fell in love. And I said, this is where I need to be. 
And so I contacted some of my friends from college that were dancers as well. And we moved out there. I was there for about four years and went on various auditions from, as you said, uh, you know, videos or commercials or even cruise ships and uh, working various jobs here and there to pay the bills and, you know, the struggling artist lifestyle. Which you did at the, well, you'd worked the graveyard shift as a phone operator at the Beverly Wilshire, correct? Yes, that's correct. The Pretty Woman Hotel. That was one of my various jobs. I was there for a short term. It was around 2008 when the economy crashed and uh, they had to let people go in seniority. So I was last hired. I was first to go, which was very unfortunate, but it was a great period of time. I worked there and I was working in selling fitness equipment, working in chiropractor's offices, front desk manager, acupuncturist office. So Working at the Pretty Woman Hotel was one of my favorite jobs for sure, even though it was the graveyard shift working 10 p.m. to about 6 a.m. I assume you could be online a lot. <laughs> yes. Let's just say I watched a lot of movies. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because for people who know me and this podcast are going to groan and roll their eyes right now. Okay. So did you ever see the 2000 movie Center Stage, the movie about dance? Of course. Okay. So, so I had a... <laughs> choreographer friend in Cancun and we love this movie so do you think mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to say yes do you think it's that's one of the best dance movies of all time or the best or or you wouldn't even rate it up there no definitely not one of the best but it, not, it not one of the best <laughs> okay this interview is over <laughs> <laughs> I'd say let's say top well, 10 dance okay movies. well then okay what do you consider then like top three like what's your favorite then dance movie? I mean it's not a technical dance movie but hands down mm -hmm. Footloose Okay. Okay. Careful I'm a now. The, ori fan. the original or the remake with Miles Oh, the original. Kevin, okay. Kevin Bacon okay. all the way. Oh, okay. This this interview can continue then. Okay, you said the right thing. <laughs> I you the said, test. If you would have said remake, I'm sorry, we would have had to reschedule. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. All right. Now, so this is the whole weird thing. Your parents know Greg Snyder from Arizona, right? Correct. Okay. So, give me in a nutshell how how they met. Yeah, when my parents retired, they moved out to Arizona and they were living in a 55 and older community. It's also known as an active adult uh, resort lifestyle. And Greg Snyder was there. I don't know his technical uh, title, whether social director or lifestyle and activities director. Sort of say he's like the chef de village of the community comparing it to Club Med. So he was planning the events and the activities and uh, my parents had introduced me to him. He knew I was a dancer. And at the time I was in Los Angeles for four years and I was ready to make my next move, whether it was going back to school to get my master's in choreography. And he was talking to me about Club Med and I had never heard of Club Med. My family was very big on cruise ships growing up. So he was telling me, think of a cruise ship, but on land, same concept. I was like, all right, I'll look into it. So that's how I found out about it. And when you applied, from the time you applied, how long was it that they called you for an interview? You know, it was actually a process. I applied online. It was in April 2010. And it was like a few days later, I did a phone interview. Hammer actually reached out to me saying they were having group auditions the next day. Can you make it? And I went to the audition and had another interview. And then I had not heard from them until months later in September, they had reached out to me. And then it was another interview and answering questions. I believe it was between me and a few other candidates that they were trying to decide between to go to Sandpiper Bay for their grand reopening. 
Was this yeah. uh, interview, sorry, on uh, on the telephone or in person? That was on telephone. I had all of them were on the telephone except for the group interview where we also had one-on-one interviews at the time. In California? Yes, in Los Angeles. So there were a bunch of people there and we had one-on-one interviews. I believe I was interviewing with Dodie Rubenstein. And when we had our group interviews, they split us up and actually there was an XGO there. I think I got a, a good lead on this. He said, we're going to do a dance to the song called Hands Up. Trust me, they're going to love it. We're like, oh, I, was oh like, boy. I was like, all right, like, how hard could it be? So as soon as we got there, of course, you know, everyone was smiling and laughing. So I'm sure that's, you know, what sold them on hiring us in that group for sure. <laughs> okay. So they took the, they took the, uh, the dance with the, I guess, easiest choreography ever. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, okay. Did, so were you applying to be choreographer or were you just, you wanted to work anywhere? No, I was applying for choreographer, and at the time they had uh, advised me to apply for a few other positions, which were ended up being a receptionist in mini club because they were telling me it's such a cultural shock coming into club med as a choreographer that it would probably be easier for me to come in as a position for the first season and then be able to transfer to the choreographer position. Well, yeah, because you had to teach bozos like me size <laughs> thirteen feet uncoordinated, and who didn't yeah. want to be at rehearsal. So, yeah, that's a, that's a challenge in itself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was lucky enough they contacted me for a choreographer's position, so I was stoked. All right, so they send you to Sandpiper. Mm-hmm. So this is this is twenty ten. So you know, it's not it's not like I'm asking your geo from the seventies. So everything must be vivid, fresh in your memory, right? So what do you remember about arriving that first day? Well, I could tell you it wasn't the normal experience for Geo coming in because the village was closed. I came in a month before the grand opening to start working on the shows. So when I arrived, I just remember a lot of dirt, a lot of construction, seeing trucks. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, is this place going to be ready in a month to open? And I slowly got to ease into the village life. So I had a cultural shock in that aspect of There was about maybe a handful of us on the resort that they had in. It was uh, myself, maybe a few other GOs, and then a couple of managers. And we would have meetings and talk about what the new relaunching, the new vision of Sandpiper was going to be like. And I know they were working on the sports academy at the time, and they wanted to make it a more family-friendly resort and focusing on the kids program at the time. So actually, my manager was the mini club manager and sports and events manager. So I was kind of split in many directions. Can I ask a dumb question? Was it close for like a big renovation? Yeah. Yep. They had their grand reopening. I believe it was a $25 million renovation they had done. I don't know if they were closed for a year or it was six months. I don't remember. Yeah, they were. I got there in November and they were opening in December right before Christmas. And did you have to make your own shows or were there shows already like in a kit, so to speak, ready for you? No, no shows in a kit that were ready for me. The only thing that was ready is uh, this program Rags. They were trying to launch and they wanted to roll roll it out to the other resorts. And Sandpiper was the first test run. Rags is playing. It's like a mascot costume. Think of Sesame Street. You know, like they have Sesame Street with beach resorts and they had Shrek with the Gaylord Hotels. Rags were these five musical dogs, and they're based a TV show based in Australia. 
Kevin Bett had discovered them and he wanted to bring them to Sandpiper. So I worked closely with the Rags team. They had their own choreographer that created a show. So she was teaching me the show and they wanted to do appearances throughout the day, uh, whether, you know, it was at like a pajama party or a garden party or doing a treasure hunt. So that was pretty, I would like to say that was my baby for, I was in Sandpiper for a year and a half. And uh, that's how long it lasted. Unfortunately, it didn't take off and make it to the other resorts. It was only in uh, Sandpiper Bay for a year and a half. Okay. I'm on your Facebook right now and looking at the show. And so I see the rags uh, now <laughs> in another context, these things could be frightening, but are these, are, there, are these geos in there? Yes, they, those are geos. So that okay. was one of the chat. That was one of the challenges is trying to get geos to get in those costumes. Well, I yeah, my fair, my fair share of being in them. Let me yeah. tell you, it's no those easy things task. look very, very heavy and humid. So I'm sure they're they're oh. not sad. The show ended, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. I've yeah, I had some geos, you know, get leg cramps, pass out in them. It's like a sauna in there. You get a good workout. You want to lose weight? Definitely put on one of those costumes and dance around for 45 minutes in it. Now, are they playing, uh, is that a real guitar one of them is playing, or is that like a fake instrument? No, they're, okay. they're fake instruments, yeah. Why is one in a wheelchair? Yes, that's B-Max. <laughs> oh, B okay, B-Max. Okay. They, they have names, yeah, it was B-Max, oh, okay. Razzles, Pido, uh, B-Max. Yeah, he, that was just his character. He was in a wheelchair. And your wildest, uh, wildest imagination when you were, you know, studying dance at the University of Akron, did you ever imagine this? No, never. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now what, what, well, what were some of the other shows that you did? So that was the only main show in the beginning. They kind of wanted to steer away from shows and, you know, do more family events. Like we did sports under the stars. We had trivia nights. And then I think they realized after the first few months that it just wasn't going to pan out and they had to start bringing in shows. One of the managers had mentioned music factory, but uh, that was turned down because it wasn't upscale enough. So they had me create a show and then they had me assigned with just an events manager because at the time it was actually Brian Tramberger was doing sports and events. So oh, then, shout out Brian. Yeah, yeah. Brian, yeah, friend to the pod. Oh, right. So you were there with uh, Brian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was there with him. Also, Scott Duncan. I know you know him. Yeah, Scotty well. D. Wow, you got some talent there, huh? Oh, yeah, he was great. I had the so the first show they were in it and they helped me out a lot because I had never been to a club med. So I was kind of creating a show, you know, blindsided. So they were giving me some tips and showed me some old videos. And, you know, Scott's great on the scene. Sometimes I'd be like, Scott, just be funny. And he would do something funny and it, and it worked in the skit. So it was a like a New York show. So I had some Broadway songs and theatrical stuff in it. So I did that. And then we had, you know, the mini club show. So we had something going on every day. And then now coming to my second or third season, they had brought in Fernando, who was a choreographer well known at the time to help kind of guide me and train me and how to create club club med shows. And he really gave me the tools to excel at being a choreographer with club med. All right. Now, did any geos do what I used to do? Did they pretend to trip in front of you? Like if they saw you in the disco or, or pretending they didn't know how to dance, so you wouldn't ask them? <laughs> did anyone do that? Or am I just unique like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know, we have to encourage them, but they would skip out on rehearsals and I would have to do a night run, run to the, you know, the nightclub and say, hey, you, you're supposed to be in rehearsal right now, you know, grab them and have them come in and rehearse with us. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you had to go find them sometimes. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> uh, 
God, I miss not going to rehearsal. Okay. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> thing is, I love I love the shows, but you know, the time of night that rehearsal was usually at. Like, if you're in a singles village, you know, it was always later, right? So, my memory's better in the daytime. You know. <laughs> yes, for sure. But, so I think the choreographers were just content to stick me in the back row by the curtain. You know, and uh, <laughs> I'd I'd figure it out. <laughs> What, 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 what else can you tell me about your first season? Yeah, first season, you know, it was it was just a world kind of win because, like I said, it wasn't a normal experience when I got there before the other GOs. And, you know, you were asking me about shows. And when the GO team came in, it was two weeks before the village opened. So we kind of really got to know each other, have some good team bonding. And there was this one older GO, probably in his 50s then. He was a GO way back in the day, French guy, Michel. And I just remember him going to me, Hara, what kind of shows are you going to create? You know, uh, back in my day, uh, the men would be on stage and we would be naked and we'd have hats in front of us and behind us. And <laughs> we go like this and we go like this. And he's like motioning yeah. his hands back and forth. And he goes, yeah. the women would go crazy. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, what am I getting yeah. myself into? <laughs> and then to realize that, yeah, Clement's going in another direction of a family-friendly resort. And luckily, you know, not women doing were, Women like were that. going crazy. I think they were just being nice. Okay. <laughs> yes. And one guy always forgot to put his hat. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So he was just describing the famous hat dance for you, yes. which, yeah, you, which hasn't happened in quite a long time. <laughs> so I don't, don't know why you brought that up. That's how long ago he worked at Club Med when he was younger yeah. in his days. Believe it or not, there wasn't much choreography for that. <laughs> yeah. It sounded, it sounded pretty simple. You know, anyone yeah, could do yeah. that. Oh sure. yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just had to work on, more important was you had to work on your tan, make sure it was even, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So oh. we had we had a great we had a great team and you know a lot of us were pranksters and the guys like to prank the girls a lot you know whether they were standing on top of the geo building with water balloons and they throw it down on the waters when we come back to the geo building we had I don't remember if it was like a hurricane or a storm and there were crabs everywhere in the village and the guys would take the crabs and hide them in the showers or put them in plastic bags on our doorknobs you know fun stuff like that <laughs> really okay. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know that you were doing pranks in Sandpiper at that time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was part of the stints going on. And we had a you know good team, good bond, like I said, because we got to get to know each other before the village opened. And we actually did like a tradition every time a geo would leave at the end of the season. I was there a year and a half. Uh, geo would hang their sneakers outside of the pipes in front of their doorway, like in the hallway, kind of letting the geo team they left as a little token. And because your first season, well, you spent three seasons there. So your first season, did you do the first season thing and cry at departures? Yes. And okay. I realized if I'm going to be doing this for a while, I got to <laughs> toughen up and uh, <laughs> not right. get so emotional. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's nice to see that though. I always like, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was hardened by year six, but I always still like to see the first geos, you know, first season geos crying at departure. It, it always made me smile, you know, yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Yeah, later on, looking back at it, you're like, oh, how sweet. And like, yes. they'll, get used, they'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> you get a thick skin. So, so overall, you do three three seasons. So that's what, a year and a half? at uh, A year and a half almost at Sandpiper? Yeah, that was a year and a half at Sandpiper Bay. All right. Now, because you were at a family village, did you request a singles village after? Or that's where they sent you? No, they, they actually wanted me to stay there because once Fernando came, they wanted us to create shows together and recruit choreographers and teach them shows to spread to the other villages. But 
at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to get a sandpiper and go explore some more. <laughs> so I actually had an affectation. They offered Japan, but then the CDV didn't want to wait for the visa. So that kind of fell through. And then it was between Turks and Caicos and Cancun. I was actually wanting Cancun just because a lot of the team had gone to Turks. I know most people would want to travel with their friends, but I kind of just wanted to have a fresh start and, you know, go see some somewhere else by myself. And they ended up moving the choreographer from Turks and Caicos to Cancun. So then they moved me to Turks and Caicos. Not a bad village to get sent to. Oh, for sure not. I'm actually glad it worked out that way. Turks is the most beautiful beach I've ever seen. And what an amazing, magical place that is, for sure. Well, what were you doing, choreographer and Zumba instructor there? What happened there? Yeah, so I don't know. I think the choreographer before me did that and the choreographer before that. So it kind of just fell what? into place. Yeah, it kind of fell into place. Yeah, and I actually enjoyed it, you know. It was the highlight of my day. It was, I mean, regardless, even though it was early in the morning, I'm not a morning person. I get up like, oh, I got to do Zumba and, you know, walk through the village. And then Zumba was in the theater. So I would stand on stage and the GMs would be standing in the audience. And the moment I got up on that stage, and I don't know if you remember, you could see the, the beach straight from there. You see that beautiful turquoise ocean. And I got up there and I was like, this is amazing. This is not bad at all. And it, it became the highlight of my day. Really? Okay. What Was there an aerobics geo though? There was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so she would fill in on my days off teaching Zumba. Okay. <laughs> all right. And uh, you also worked with, uh, was it, so Jenny Lee, so Jenny Lee was there, but she later became a chief of village. Is that right? Yes, correct. She was the HSM while I was there. Did she get promoted there? No, or, I believe that no. was okay. that was later on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Turks. So what'd you think of Turks after Sandpiper? Oh, you know, different lifestyle. I, I totally got it. When Well, when I was in Sandpiper, my second or third season, I had gone to Turks on vacation. And when I got there, I understood the cultural, you know, concept of Club Med and what it truly was like with the energy. And so I was excited to be there. And it is a completely different vibe. Anyone can tell you when they go there between the geo team and the GMs that come all the time, you become like family and you feel like you're in your own little bubble in paradise. It was just amazing experience. And I got certified in scuba diving there and I carry that till this day. One of the best things I did and I got to learn circus. So I got to train in that and I continued performing that throughout the rest of my club med career. And our chef de village, Vincent, he was great. He was, you know, one of the best leaders. He made the team feel like a family. We all worked together. The shows, he get, he let me have so much creative freedom. I loved that. He trusted me. And I, I created so many of my shows there that I was able to bring with me throughout the rest of my club med career to the other villages. And it was a fun, we called it our happy place. You know, one of our intro songs before the show was a happy place song. And it kind of became our thing. And uh, we just loved it. And it kind of became like our family. The geo team was great. I'm guessing you didn't bring rags to Turks and Caicos. <laughs> no, I so, don't think so, that would work so okay. well there. <laughs> so you're allowed to, so you're allowed to do music factory then I think at Turks, right? Yes, of course. That was the highlight, right? All the geos love that show. And when you say uh, the happy place song, what, what song is that? Oh, put me on the is spot. That the is it, well, no, is that the name of the song? Or it's is the that name. The I, I believe it was the name of the song. I can't remember the singer of it. 
Okay. No, I had never, I don't think I, I've heard it before, but um, uh, so this is something, so this is the music that would play to get the GMs to the theater. Yeah. Like we always have a few intro songs playing while the GMs were coming into the theater before geo lineup. Okay. So that would be like one of the songs that would always play every, before every is it, show. Is it St. Fink's? Is that right? Um, no, I don't know. Okay. I'd, I'd have All to right. hear it. I would know it. Okay. Send it to me later. Okay. I'm okay. Curious to hear this. All right. So two seasons at Turks. You're there from 2012 to 2013. Any stories or anecdotes come out of this village? Well, I know one of the famous, you know, Jojo Dolph, Jojo the Dolphin. You always ask about that. Yes. I, I was super excited. I got to see him because there were a lot of geos there being like, I never saw him. I was like, I'm going to see Jojo before I leave. And I got to see him when I was coming back on one of my snorkeling trips. This was before I got scuba certified. And my parents actually came to visit me at the time. So that was pretty cool. And I got to be like, oh, guys, you get to see Jojo the Dolphin. He's famous in Turks. And so it was pretty cool. I got some pictures and videos of him. So that was a great time. And what else? I don't. I got nominated Geo of the Month. That was pretty exciting. I felt like that was kind of a highlight of my career there. Okay, hold. Uh, excuse me, one second. So they, so they were doing Geo of the a month. Like a, this was a regular thing. Yeah, not all Shetland villages did it. Some villages did it, and uh, Vincent was one of them who did it. So every month they would vote for Geo of the Month, and I got voted for it when I was there. And I think it was December twenty twelve. Do you get Do you get anything with that or? Oh, you just get a little, a little certificate and a shout out. You know, it's pretty much it. No drink booklets or, to, or actually, no, it's it's open bar now, right? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So that goes somewhere like a picture on the wall, like type of thing. And No, they didn't do that. They just gave us a certificate. Yep. That was pretty much it. Okay. Well, that's good because of so much, there's so many, what, you're 60 geos. So that's pretty good, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nice like that. Yeah, for sure. That was, you know, that made me feel good. At that point, I had created, I think, three shows when I was there in like four, four or five months. What What are um, the names of the shows you created? I created it was a burlesque show, uh, Reflexion, and I actually based that off of a painting. It was a Manet painting, and that was one of my favorites. And then I did a Christmas spectacular, obviously a Christmas show. That was a lot of fun. And then I did a City of Dreams, which was a Broadway type show with singing and dancing. And with the uh, Chef de Village, we created a circus show, uh, Chef de Village, Chief of Circus, Dakara Circus Show, which was kind of like an Avatar theme show. In your burlesque show, did you incorporate that uh, old French Geo's hat dance number? <laughs> Hey, I thought about it, you know, okay. but uh, well, it's, it's, it's Turks, be... right? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything I was, goes. Okay. I was trying to be a little bit more upscale, you know. Oh, okay. Got yeah. <laughs> understood. Did the right thing. Okay. Yeah, but it was funny coming from Sandpiper to Turks in the first few weeks. You know, they had little sexy dance numbers, and I was so not used to that. And you know, that was pretty rough getting used to. But you know, once you're there, you get in the swing of things. You're like, okay, I can handle this, especially it's so hot. So you're sweating profusively all day long. I remember I was probably taking like three, up to three or four showers a day when I was there, because it was just nonstop dancing and sweating. And oh, it was, it was Zumba, Zumbaing. Yeah. The Zumba, rehearsal, rehearsal, show, crazy signs, you know, well, after Turks, you go, I mean, you go from one hot place to another because in 2013, they yes. go to Bali. So did you request Bali or were you sent there? I just requested the Asian zone 
And okay. my chef de village, he surprised me with Bali. I secretly wanted to go there, but I wasn't specific. I just said Asia. Okay. And uh, what'd you think? Oh, I loved it. Bali is amazing. I say till this day, I'd love to go back there to retire. Just the people, the culture, you know, the geography. It's it's a beautiful place. I took advantage on my everyday off and would do an excursion and go explore and do something. It was it was a beautiful place. Had a little bit of a rough time adjusting with the culture shock, definitely with all the different nationalities. Yes, and the, don't you have like the show? When I was in, uh, I was in Riabintan, but did they have like five at least five people translating? Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, yes. so the shows took a long time to start, right? Because you oh. had to have it in Japanese, Korean, you know, Mandarin. So yes, yes, <laughs> I think it took like twenty five minutes just to get yes. a show started. It's like that's a show yes. in itself. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Okay. Good night, everyone. What? Okay. <laughs> crazy. We're just going to crazy signs now. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, yeah, you have time. Like, you could show up a bit late to the show, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I got 20 minutes. They're just on the French right now. They got Chinese next. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so here you're a choreographer. You don't have to do Zumba. No, I did not have to do Zumba. So you're Chief of Village Pierre-Jean Montaigne, and you're with, Mm -hmm. uh, so Shira Ben-Sefer, this was before she was Chief of Village? Yeah, she was in HR at the time. Oh, HR. So HR rep inside the village? Yes. I think okay. she was VTC, if I remember correctly, but I just What's remember that? she was an HR at the time. What is what does that stand for? Uh, village training coordinator. Oh, okay. So that's for new new geos uh, or yeah. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. So six months in Bali. Do you have any stories from this season? Yeah, I got some, you know, it's funny story with the rehearsals there. You had mentioned earlier about rehearsals being at night. So actually, when I was in Turks, they were trying to get away from rehearsals at nighttime. So Geo's could be in the nightclub. Yes. And... Sorry. <laughs> I waited a long time to hear this. <laughs> so it was a new thing they were trying and it worked in Turks. Well, I did two main rehearsals during the day. I scheduled the morning oh. one and an afternoon one. So they can coordinate it around their schedule, but they had to make it to one of the rehearsals. So in Bali, I tried to incorporate that and it didn't work out well. So we had to stick to the nighttime and I, my chef de village would cancel rehearsals at nighttime a lot because he wanted everyone in the nightclub. And my God, this man's a God. Let's say his name again. (laughs) Pierre Jean Montaigne. I love you. Why weren't you working when I was working? (laughs) So actually, wait, the chef de village was JB then. Oh, JB. Uh, Okay. Pierre Jean was the LSM. I loved him. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting my CDBs and LSM is usually the position before, right before chief village, correct? Like usually that's leisure services manager. Correct. And, yeah. And, and then he, they get promoted, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. He's actually sorry. CDV now. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So we would go to the nightclub and the CDV would be standing, you know, blocking the, there was only one way in and one way out because it was kind of on a balcony setting. And some of the, the geos would want to sneak out. And there was a roof right next to the balcony, like in the backside. And you would sometimes see geos just climbing over a rooftop trying to get down to sneak out it was the funniest thing you'd say okay wait a minute they're trying to sneak out of going to the disco yeah because this was later at night you know you had to be there till a certain time i don't know if it was 1 a.m or 2 a.m we had to be there till okay 
Yeah. All right. So it's kind of like pick your poison or mm-hmm. rehearsal, rehearsal with, with, uh, with Kara or, <laughs> yeah. or jumping to your death, trying to escape the disco. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <Okay. laughs> so that was, that was very entertaining to see, you know, yeah, it was a good time. Rehearsals. I remember my first day there, part of being in the culture shock with all the different nationalities there's a lot of uncommon names and I really made it a habit to try to learn all the geos names right away. Cause I remember from experience, geos would tell me when they didn't appreciate, you know, if uh, the choreographer didn't know their name right away and be like, Hey, you over here, or you go over there, you know? So I remember it was my first day in Bali. I was sitting in the audience watching the choreographer that I was going to replace doing her rehearsal on stage and all the geos were in line. And I was just sitting there and like trying to, you know, memorize the names and, I had the LSM who we were just talking about, Pierre-Jean, come over to me. He's looking at me. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to memorize everyone's names, trying to remember them so I have a good relationship. So he was quizzing me and testing me. It was funny, but he was great about it. You must, so, have, but, had a lot, you must have had a lot of K-Toots on that list, though, then, right? I'm guessing. K-Toots. K-Toot, uh, <laughs> I can't remember if it was every third son or fourth son is named K-Toot, I think. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a common Indonesian name. Yeah, there's, you know. You know, Nuzrath, Rustam, Sunan, uh, Tyson, Aki, and Dario. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. You still remember? Yeah, try, you're, like, you know, I, you're you're like the female LP. Do you know who <laughs> L, do you know who LP is? <laughs> no, I don't. He was know. renowned for memorizing like 30, 30, 40 GM's name in one shot. You know, you would just tell them your name, and he'd keep it the whole week. You know, like he. Oh wow, that's great. I wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded to me. I mean, this was. 2013 and you just spouted it off like you were there sitting in the theater that's pretty good (laughs) sometimes it's like riding a bike it comes back to you yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right what else what else what else what else happened? Uh, what else you know i was amazed the mcdonald's there is open 24 7 and they deliver 24 7 what you could get mcdonald's delivered to the village yeah needless to say i gained some weight that season because of that you know those late nights but that was pretty exciting for okay this isn't fair you're not allowed to be next to a mcdonald's <laughs> uh, where you work um how far away I'm like like taxi ride was it just to give me an idea like from the village to the mcdonald's like how far oh uh, i think it 10 was 10 minute like, car by 10 minute no, by car? maybe like 20 minutes okay all right yeah it wasn't that close but uh and it's never yeah. cheaper anywhere mcdonald's it always seems to work out the same like your rupees like convert seems to be the same amount of the meal that it would cost in the states right or or yes. was it okay yeah give me your go-to meal what'd you have oh i'd always get a, a cheeseburger chicken nuggets and fries and oh a shake. nice nice yeah. yeah you know when you're not home it's like you want it more but when i'm you're home in the states i never have mcdonald's it's just funny yes <laughs> i, I- I, I think I had cravings. McDonald's the most when I was in China. Yeah, it's you just you eat the things that make you feel, you know, gives you comfort. I had cravings for for pop tarts when I was in um, when I was in um, you know Ria Bintan, <laughs> and of course when they finally got there, they were just crumbs in a bag, a aluminum <laughs> oh, no. bag. But yeah, but yeah, I get it. You, yeah, you get the weirdest craving. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then so you stay in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Then 2013, 2014, you go to November, you arrive to Yabuli, so. Uh, this is a village in China. So how long uh, until you got there had the village been open? It's because it's relatively new, right? Yeah, I think they were open a year or two before I got there, I believe. That's not bad, right? I mean, a year, it's still it's still a new village, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still on the newer side. They were just starting to open in China. I think I want to say it was the first village in China. Okay, that's because could... your, your chief in Turks, Vincent Grandsire, was, did he ask you to go with him? 
Yes, he did. He had reached out to me and he was bringing some of our team from uh, Turks and Caicos to China with him. So he asked me if I had wanted to go. And um, at that point, I said, yes, I was looking forward to working with him again and some of my friends that I worked with before. But uh, looks like you're doing two jobs again. Now, in Turks, you were doing Zumba instructor and choreographer, but now you're doing choreographer and entertainment manager, right? Yeah, so I was there for winter season as choreographer. And then for summer season, I was both entertainment manager and choreographer. Okay, so is Yabuli, is this a primarily a ski resort? Yes, it is a ski resort. They actually had okay. the Olymp Olympics there one year. It's right below Russia. It's oh. very, very north of China. Freezing cold, like negative 30 degrees Celsius. And I can see Russia from my village. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what's any, well, you'd already been in Asia, but did you have any culture shock in this village? Oh, I, my first scare was the moment I got there. So... I got to the airport and, you know, you're looking for that person holding the club med sign. And I did not see that person. And it was probably a good 30 minutes until I saw someone holding a sign. And let me tell you, I get off, you know, and this isn't a big city. It's not like uh, Beijing or Shanghai. This is, you know, rural China, kind of middle of nowhere. And there's all Chinese. I'm the only white person there. My phone wasn't working. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then Thankfully, you know, I half hour later, someone came with the sign. So didn't speak much English, kind of, you know, put my faith and trust in him that he was going to get me to where I needed to be. And the moment we got to the village and he parked the car, I saw my friends uh, that I worked with before standing there greeting me. I was like, I was so happy. And of course, the moment I got out of the car, I slipped and fell. There was ice. <laughs> it was very icy. I think that first night I slipped and fell three times. <laughs> uh, this sounds horrible. I'm sorry. You were in such nice villages and now you're in the winter. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have any winter clothes being in Bali. Right. So, and I had short notice of when I was going there. I luckily my last day off in Bali, I went to the mall and I got a bunch of warm clothes. And then I had about, I don't know, like four or five hour notice or flights leaving and I had to like pack my things and go. It was, it was very chaotic, but yes, it was very cold, but it was refreshing in a sense because it was very hot in Bali and Turks and sweating. So it was kind of refreshing to see snow again. I'm just wondering, I'm sh so I'm guessing the GMs were predominantly Chinese that would go to this resort. Yes. Predominantly Chinese. You know, you did have your fair share of Australians and Europeans who are big club med people. So, and China was new to the club med scene. So they wanted to, you know, check it out. So we did have, it was probably 10%, you know, not Chinese for the GM clientele there. So imagining that dinner time when you're seating, sitting with the GMs, is it hard to communicate at times? Yeah, I believe we were allowed to sit with two GOs at the time. And I would sit with a friend who was Chinese who could help translate. So that did make it much easier. But then also, if there were GMs that were not Chinese who spoke English, we were kind of assigned them. So uh, we would always sit with them. And then, yes, you did have your awkward moments where if I was by myself, then, you know, you do, you get good at gesturing. <laughs> yes, lots of sign language, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's almost as exhausting as talking, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but they're, you know, they were good because they were kind of very intrigued with us. You know, it felt like a, you were a celebrity there. I remember one time on a day off, 
I was walking down the street in um, the main city and it was me, Kevin. He was chief of the circus, Jamaican guy, my costume designer, Narish Death. He's Trinidadian. And then my friend Lorna, she's Canadian. And we're walking down the street and, you know, they come a few at a time. They'll come up to you. Oh, photo, photo. And can I touch your hair? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, after he left there, I was like, oh, I don't feel famous anymore. And that's right. <laughs> but it was just so weird at first. Like you almost, I was at first, we really took a step back. Like what is going on? And then you realize it's not common for them, you know, to see different nationalities, you know, in their city. You know, we learned a lot. It's very different there. You know, their, their, uh, their culture with, you know, they can walk down the street and it's common to hear someone hacking a loogie behind you or letting out a big burp. And it's just like, Oh, okay. You know? And, uh, they're very, they're always in a rush. I remember I was at a train station in Harbin and I was with uh, my costume designer, Narish, and we were with another Chinese GO and she was telling us, stay close and hold on to each other. And you feel like you're like a sardine packed in and it's like a free for all. And it's like, as soon as that door opened, you know, to get on the train, it's like, you literally were like afraid for your life, holding on tight. But that was cool. Speaking of that, the train station we were going to, I don't know if you've heard of the Ice and Snow Festival in Harbin. No. It's uh, one of the biggest festivals that they have there. It's it's hard to explain. You really have to see it to believe it. It's these huge ice sculptures. One is ice sculptures and one is snow sculptures. It's an international festival and it's a competition. They have 18 million visitors and, you know, that come in to see this. It's a surreal experience. You kind of feel like you're, and they're lit up at night, the ice sculptures. And you feel like you're in almost like a, I don't know, like a Wizard of Oz kind of, you know, high buildings. And they have um, different themes where one's like the Disney castle and you can walk up with steps. They have some with tubing. It was a really amazing experience, although it was freezing cold, negative 30 degrees Celsius, and they had little huts set up around the um, the festival where you could go in and warm up with heaters and they would have hot chocolate for you. That was, that was pretty cool. Sounds amazing. And I have another story. Unfortunately, I got to go to a hospital and experience that in a Yabali town. I was dealing with actually a stress rash at the time because I was, you know, doing choreographer and events manager at the time. And I had to bring a Chinese geo to translate for me. So we get to the hospital and we were informed that the doctor is not there. And they only have one doctor in this whole hospital. And they tell us he's at a wedding and they give us the address where the doctor is and so we get back in the taxi and we get to downtown Yabali and waiting in the taxi in the pouring rain for the doctor to come out from this wedding now we're waiting about a half an hour and while we're waiting you just hear on the microphone like loud mandarin you know going on and on and on and they have these cannons outside and they start shooting off the cannons. I'm thinking to myself, like, where am I? What am I doing? And so the doctor finally comes out running to the taxi cab. My friend translates and he goes, let me see your rash. And like, I show him my rash and he goes, okay, we have to go back to the hospital. Uh, I will be back in a moment. And the next thing I know, he goes back into the wedding and we're sitting in the taxi for maybe another hour. And he finally comes in and we get to the hospital. And I will never forget this as we're walking through the main lobby, there's just like a stretcher going by and, you know, the person on the stretcher just, you know, coughs up, spits up some blood and it's on the floor. 
and it was not cleaned up right away. And I feel like if you're in any other hospital, they would clean it up right away. And I go and see the doctor and he examines me and gives me a prescription and we get the prescription right there in the lobby. And as we're leaving, I still see all this blood on the lobby floor. I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, get me out of here. So that's definitely an experience uh, I will never forget. <laughs> I'll say, yikes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you stay in China. Like, so, so Dong Island has come up before, but I don't think anyone that I've interviewed has been at the grand opening, which you were, correct, in 2015? Yeah. So I had taken a break. So Yabli, I did winter season. And then there was a few month break before the summer season. And they asked me if I wanted to, uh, intern at another village. And at that point, I had been gone from the States for a year. So I was able to go back home. So I went home and did some traveling. And then I went back for summer season, which was a few months. And then I took a break and did some traveling by myself. It was my 30th birthday. So I kind of wanted to celebrate it and crossing some things off the bucket list and meeting up with family and friends throughout Asia and Europe and the UK and back to the States. So when I got back to the States, I had reached out saying I was ready to come back for work. Vincent, who is my chef de village in Turks and Yabuli, was going to Dungao for the grand opening and asked me if I wanted to go there. And actually at the time, corporate, they wanted me to go to Sam, back to Sandpiper uh, as events manager. So it's kind of tossed in between, ends up going back to Dungao as the choreographer for the first season and then events manager the second season. Okay. And what's it like opening up a village in Asia? It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was also, you know, a little challenging and stressful. Of course, my visa took a little bit, so I didn't get there when I was needed to get the shows up and running. So at the time, they had a dance instructor who had gotten it started for me. I was very thankful for that. So when I got there, the bowl was kind of, you know, getting started with the shows it was stressful with the theater because that's the stage was not set up and I kind of had to help them and direct them. Some things they forgot as simple as a staircase to the sound cabin, <laughs> built a sound cabin, like no way to get up there. My Oops. poor sound tech was afraid of heights and he's climbing up this, you know, a little inky ladder to get up there. The stage was made of podiums. They had LED screens, which I was super excited about because I had a great budget. So we had a lot of nice things and the LED screen was too close to the back wall, you know, they didn't leave a space enough to be able to walk back and forth from stage left to stage right. So it was, you know, you know, approaching slowly to the grand opening because there was a lot of press coming, you know, the CEO was coming and it was until the day before I got to do the dress rehearsal on the stage before the um, opening show. It was awesome. Everyone did great. It was a big fun party. They, you know, had the ribbon cutting, they made a presentation of that. It was uh, outside on the pool and had a, you know, clear glass, plexiglass across the pool. They were standing on it and, you know, released, um, you know, like they had those, what are those Asians kind of, uh, it's not a hot air balloon, but, you know, like little, I don't remember what they call them, release them in the air. It was, it was really fun. It was nice. It was stressful, but it, it was great. It was a beautiful village. It was the most beautiful, like, practically like a hotel. They had uh, escalators with landscape view of windows from floor to ceiling as soon as you walk in the main lobby so it was fun when we did uh you know vivi there village village when we greet the gms and that first impression was that big 
wow factor for sure. So it was a, it was a beautiful place. Uh, speaking of beautiful, I'm looking at a picture of your, your husband who you met there. Uh, he's kind of a good looking son of a gun, isn't he? <laughs> he looks like a soap opera actor. It's like, it's like you kind of didn't even have a shot or chance when you got there. Like, Oh, I'm done. I just met my future husband, right? This is how good looking this guy is listeners. Okay. I wish you could see this right now. So, he, he's so, done, he's done. so did you fall right immediately or 20 second? Like how, how, how fast were, did you like, this is the one. <laughs> well, me. you know, he, so he wasn't there my first season. He came the second season and he came like a month or two after the second season started. And at this point I was the only American geo there. And I had heard he was coming. He wasn't supposed to, we, I think we were supposed to have a Tunisian uh, chief of sport and something happened. He didn't come. So it was kind of last minute. And one of my friends, uh, Cindy, who's a geo, she actually works in the recruitment office right now in Montreal. She told me, oh, you're going to have a, an American chief of sport coming in. And so I kind of heard of him that way. And I must say the day he arrived was probably the only day I did put on a little mascara and some lipstick, you know, tried to look a little nice. It wasn't right away, but uh, the connection formed probably a week later. We got to know each other and it was kind of instant where we both knew you know, it's timing is everything. And everyone says when you least expect it, that's how it happened. Yeah. He's from the West Coast. You're from the East Coast, yet you meet in China, right? I mean, how great yeah. is that? Yeah. Everyone loves it when we tell that story. Oh, you met in China. It's like, yep, you know, <laughs> <laughs> only two Americans on this small island. That's right. Right. Okay. That's that's pretty amazing. And how, so from Dongao, like how many months, years later, what did you actually get married? Like, well, so after that season, I left China and we, him and I did a road trip in his little Subaru for about eight months. We went through the States and eight Mexico months in a and Subaru? Canada. Yeah. And if you can last that long in a little Subaru, yeah. I think you know, they're the one. <laughs> yeah. You must have loved him. Okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah. So you go, you go through States, Mexico, Canada. So you go to Banff, Tio, Quebec City, you go to my place, Montreal. Do you like Montreal? Yeah, we, we didn't spend much time there. I think we did two nights there. It was a beautiful city. I love the architecture. That was a lot of fun. We've met up with Geos along our road trips. So that was pretty cool. And we met oh. our friends and family. And yeah, we went to Quebec City. Oh, um, nice. So uh, yeah, once we finished that road trip, we were kind of like, all right, what's next? And at that time, my friend Cindy, who I had mentioned, was in Sandpiper at the time. And they were looking uh, for a choreographer uh, it was in the middle of the season and I had agreed to go back. So then I was there for, I think, three months, three or four months. And knowing that was going to be my last season, my whole family planned a trip there. My parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, my nephews and my grandma came. So AJ ha was working in Alabama at the time he got a job. So he came when they were there and he proposed while I was working in Sandpiper Bay. So that was in 2017. And after that, we got married in 2018. Okay. So he, he proposed at Sandpiper? Yeah, it was it was pretty nice, especially having my family there. So Sandpiper has a little special place in our heart. When they were closing it, we were devastated. And we actually planned a trip there right before they closed. Was that last year? Yeah, it was last year. Because um, my son, we had a baby. And we wanted him to experience at least one special village to us and doubtful we would make it back to Dungao Island in China. So uh, we were living in Atlanta. No, we were living in Charleston at the time. So we drove down 
to Florida for two or three nights. And I'm telling you, our son, he's going to be a GL. He's a natural. He says hi to everybody. He was up doing crazy signs. All the GOs and GMs were amazed. He was up at the nightclub after the show doing crazy signs. It was nice to share that with him and get to go back to Sandpiper one last time. Well, yeah, it's also a kind of a full circle moment. I mean, that's For that's sure. where you started and that's where you ended uh, your time at Clement, correct? Yeah, it was. It was very nice coming back full circle. Wow. Well, this is amazing. What a story. Now, in your time in all your seasons, was there anyone that you, you clicked with? Anyone, were there geos you liked working with? Oh, of course. I mean, as the choreographer, I mean, that's the perk. You get to work with everybody and anybody. So you get to know a lot of the geos very well. You know, it would be hard for me to, you know, name all them and specific ones. You know, I guess I'll have to name a few that were, you know, stood out to me that made some good impressions. I guess I'll go in order with first season. Definitely have to give Scotty D and Brian Tramberger. They're kind of like my older brothers you know, guiding me through the whole Club Med experience and what it would be like. Fernando, he gave me the tools I needed to be a good, great Club Med choreographer. You know, my career probably took off because of him. My chef de village that was there, Lionel Perrot, he, uh, I remember he brought me in his office probably a week before I went to Turks and he, he he's like, Kara, you know, you need to have a confidence when you go into Turks. And I just remember watching him and he stood in his office and he was walking back and forth. You need to walk like this and put your shoulders back and walk, walk in like you own the place. And I'll never forget that. He definitely gave me the, you know, the confidence I needed to rock Turks and Caicos when I went there. My chef de village in Turks, Vincent, he was, I have a lot of respect for him as a person and a boss. You know, he treated the staff like family. He was a great role model. You know, gave me the support I needed, had faith in me to do a good job and giving me my, my creative freedom and trusted me. My friend Fabian Davisat, a uh, tall Frenchman, uh, his wife, uh, Kelsey Lim, the two of them, they were great. You know, they both inspired me to be uh, a better GO and they were a good friend of mine. And, you know, you have so many special people. My costume designer, Narish, uh, Narish Maraj, he was uh, he was actually my man of honor at my wedding. Uh, we made a good team. We did a lot of shows together. My friend Cindy Albert, Kelsey Roberts, uh, Damien LeBlanc, he was my sound tech. We worked together for many seasons. Uh, Lorna, Lala, Bahab Zero, you know, my wonderful husband, AJ. You know, the list goes on. You just make so many great relationships. There's this one geo, um, he's a chef de village now, Zach Lee. He started when uh, I was in Dungao. He was a boutique geo and just recently when he was promoted to Chef de Village, our friend Rio Latoure, he uh, was a mini club manager. He wrote me to let me know because he's in the village at the time saying, oh, Zach got, you know, Chef de Village, he gave a thank you speech. And I wanted to let you know he gave you a shout out, you and I a shout out saying uh, he remembers that conversation we had with him that night in the bar, inspiring him and motivating him to continue to go down, you know, the path uh, to be a Chef de Village. And I mean, I don't remember that exact conversation, but stories like that really touched my heart to know that you can have a big impact like that on someone's life. And, you know, that's a great feeling. Yeah, that's nice. That's amazing. Now, well, you, you mentioned you went back to Sandpiper, but besides not doing dishes, um, is, there, is there things that you miss about Clubman? 
I'm, I'm sure dishes dishes are, are up there. A lot cooking, of people mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like not cooking, having First, meals ready. Yeah. Do you, do you miss buffets like I do? <laughs> Definitely. Oh, there's so many things I miss. You know, the lifestyle, just the village lifestyle. There's always people around. There's always something to do. Definitely not having to drive and cook is a perk. You know, meeting people from all over the world, you know, different cultures and that share the same passion for life and travel. And obviously, mostly the shows. I just, I miss you know, creating the shows. I miss the rehearsals and seeing your vision, your dreams coming to life. And, you know, having the geos work hard for something that's not their primary duty and giving it their all and forming that special bond with them. You know, the adrenaline rush when you're performing on stage. I always say my favorite part was always hearing the audience reaction. Whenever I watch videos and you hear the audience laugh or go, whoa, it's like, I love that feel. I love that sound, you know, that makes me feel like I did a good job getting a reaction out of them. You know, being announced, hearing your name, Cara Giacolone, choreographer. And I would always run down the line and high five all the GOs. You know, I really wanted them to show that I appreciated them and all their hard work that they gave me, you know, throughout rehearsals and the seasons. So, yeah, I miss a lot. Club Men was amazing. It's a great experience. You ever been in the grocery store or the bank and the song from Clement comes on and you have to physically restrain yourself from dancing? Does this happen oh, to yeah. you? Oh, or, yes. All the, the time. Even in the car. Yeah, the was, car. Yeah. It was fun at um, our wedding. Of course, we had a bunch of GOs there and it, everyone with my, my family and friends in general love to dance, you know, so it was a great party. And the GOs, whenever if a crazy sign came on, we would all start doing it and everyone would follow along and. You know, I always think of um, Hands Up. That was like one of the main ones because it was like easy to go along to. And it's, uh, yeah, that's the crazy signs. God, do you, you, so you had a lot of ex uh, at your wedding? Yeah, we had a good group uh, there. That yeah. must have been like one marathon crazy sign sesh that you had at your, uh, you at know, your it's, wedding. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because uh, I had a live band and, you know, they ask you if you have any specific song requests. Now, me being, of course, an entertainment manager, I was like, okay, I want it in this order. And I listed the order of the songs and there I had a... <laughs> Uh, Danza Kudo on there and they're like we usually don't play that till the end I said no 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 you don't understand this crowd as soon as the party starts we're going to be ready to dance we're not like easing into this you know slow songs into upbeat songs we're starting strong <laughs> and they were like they loved it the bands you know they were like get on the dance floor with us so we had a saxophone player and it was fun it was a really good time wow that's awesome man <laughs> yeah so you actually wanted to see their set list before they, they started? Is that what you're saying? No, they just asked if you have any special requests, like okay. songs. So usually you would name a few songs, but me, I said, I want it in this order. And I put one, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> Trying to tell a story here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're coming near the end of our time. I just want to make sure, like, is there anything that I forgot to ask you? Or uh, is there another story that we missed you wanted to say? Yeah, just thinking back to, you know, the impression that we make as GOs with GMs, you know, my first year and a half at Sandpiper, you know, going into the club med culture and the concept of it, how different it is from the everyday norm. It's hard for someone to get into the swing of things where you're constantly busy and, you know, doing five things at once. I remember it was a culture shock, even for my family and friends where they're like, we hardly hear from you. And until my family came to visit, they understood how busy you are. But I would have to say what really helped me adapt to the 
geo concept of GM interaction was teaching the kids dance class. I was never a kid person. And when they assigned me teaching kids dance class, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through it? And I had some geos that were in the mini club team and they were great and uh, helped me relax a little bit. And it turned out to be my favorite part of being at Sandpiper. Uh, you know, let me be loose and be a kid myself. And you almost feel like, uh, you know, a celebrity when the kids would come running up to you during the day. Oh, Miss Kara. And, you know, when you're performing the show, they would make me signs. And what was really self-rewarding were their parents complimenting me after the I would do the mini club show. And they would say, how did you teach them all this in one week? You know, they go to dance school for a year and they don't even learn this much. And, you know, still to this day, I keep in touch with um, some of the kids' parents. It's nice to see them, you know, grown up now and where they're at in life. And kind of form that, you know, special bond with Club Med as a geo with your GM contact, the impression you make on them. Oh, that's amazing. Great story. Yeah. yeah. And looking back, you don't seem to me to be someone who has regrets. So are you glad that, you know, your parents knew Greg Snyder, that he he met, you know, you met him and he told you about Club Med. So you're, you're happy you, you did it, right? Oh. Like you're glad you got the experience, right? Oh, most definitely. If I had a regret, it's that I didn't find out about it sooner. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, and I would have started. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have started when I was younger, right out of college. And when I was at Club Med, if I was talking to families or kids, I would say, I highly recommend doing Club Med right after college. You're not going to get your dream job. And it's going to be a great experience. I, st- I started when I was 26 years old. And, you know, it's, I still wish I was younger when I did it, had a longer career. But it was a great run I had. I miss it a lot. It was definitely one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. And even in between your villages, like you, you travel eight months, you know, through Asia and Europe and then, you know, eight month road trip. So you really, you really got your travel in. That's for sure. Right. Yes. Yes. I made the most of it. I'm exhausted. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, you know, traveling around with one suitcase and got married and now we're bouncing around the Southeast. And I, I was afraid when I left Club Med that, you know, I wouldn't be able to sit still, but uh, we're finally sitting still for now. So it's kind of nice to get in a little routine, but I do get that travel bug and, you know, try to make trips happen. And do people call you KJ now? <laughs> it's it's no? still weird for me. Okay. <laughs> <Having> <laughs> that as my last name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your story with us. It was very kind of you. Yes. Thanks so much, Greg, for having me. It was a lot of fun going down memory lane and it was a great trip. I appreciate being on here. Thank you. Can you just say again the way Lionel Perrot pronounced your name? <laughs> Cara. 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 Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's definitely unique. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, that was Cara Giacalone. And uh, thanks you, thank you uh, once again. And uh Everyone, we'll see you all next week, the new episode of My First Season. Here's where we say goodbye to everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Bye, everybody. See you all next week. Bye.